Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 108. Today, I'm going to talk about pastoring women. Pastoring women. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, give me direction and wisdom. Help me to speak with clarity and kindness, but also boldness. And I trust God that you're going to lead this time. I pray for the pastors out there that are listening, that you would give them strength and encouragement to do what you have called them to do and to preach faithfully. And as they're preaching, to disciple the women in their church. Uh, Lord Jesus, please give me wisdom as I'm talking about this. I trust you will. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a couple things up front. There's still time to come to Pastor Camp. Would love for you to come October the 16th and the 17th to Saline County, Illinois, and come to Garden of the Gods Pastor Camp. If you have a pastoral team, if you just have people in your church, men in your church that want to come and camp out and hear about some pastoral ministry stuff, we'll bring them. We would love for you to come. The sign-up is free. Bring all that you need with you, so tent, camp, stuff, food, all that kind of stuff. you got to bring that. So be there. And if you have any more questions about it, just reach out to me. I mean, I would love to give you any more details that you need. Now, let's go through a couple preliminary things here first, and then let's get to the real content of discipling women in the church through preaching. So first, pastors are not building friendships with women. There's a popular thing that's been going on the last, I don't know, six, seven years about pastors and being friends with women in the church. And I think that's ridiculous. It's a pushback against the Billy Graham rule. And the idea to me seems to be building on this idea that that men and women are the same, no big deal, just be friends and that's, everything's okay. But I just want to challenge you real quick, man. If you're texting women in your church, you shouldn't be doing that. Like in a friendship sort of way, you shouldn't be doing that. You're friends with women in your church as a consequence of being friends with the men in your church. We practice the Billy Graham rule at our church and I'm never going to be meeting with women alone. And the way I'm friends with women in our church, and I think I'm really friends with women in our church, but the way I am is I see them on Sunday mornings and I'm friends with their husbands. And consequently, Jordan and I are friends with that couple. So I'm friends with Andy and Kathy, but I'm not texting Kathy funny memes. That's not appropriate. I'm friends with Hank and Marie, but I'm not going to get coffee with Marie. I'm friends with, you guys get the point. I'm not taking Tyler and Ryan's wives out, hanging out with them, and being buddy-buddy at the mall. We're friends as a consequence of me being friends with their husbands. And so I think a Billy Graham rule and that idea of friendship really needs to be set in stone in your mind and heart. We are not to be friends with women individually, other than Sunday mornings, in the Lord's Day gathering, small groups, and through our friendships as couples. Friendship with women is a consequence of couple friends. Now, the primary way, then, that a pastor is going to disciple women is going to be through preaching. It's going to be through the pulpit ministry. And I think because of fear of the couple feminist people that you have in your church, the feminist women and maybe a couple feminist men, many women in the local church today, many, a vast majority of churches, never actually speak to women at all. And I think it's because of fear. And so women actually don't get to hear what God has to say to them. They're reading about it through their Bible reading plan. They're reading about it through some you know, websites or blogs here and there. But they're not actually hearing what God has to say to them. They're being malnourished. And they're being malnourished because pastors are terrified of them. 
And I think for far too long, we have functionally treated women less than by being scared to speak to them about God's prohibitions to them and God's commissions to them specifically. And the Bible has a lot to say to women, a lot to say to women, but out of fear, pastors cower back. So there's a few things I want to mention. First, I think many pastors are scared to speak to feminine sins. Feminine sins, what do I mean? Well, in the garden, just like on the flip side of this, just like with masculinity, and masculinity has the two polar opposites of either dominance or cowardice. Okay, it's either being that dominant male, that, that alpha male that's unbridled and ends up hurting and harming people around them, and specifically women, or cowardice, where you stand back and you let Eve take the fruit and you let the enemy come in and destroy. So we see that there are masculine sins, but there are also feminine sins. We see this in Eve and throughout the rest of the Bible. Number one, gullibility. We have to speak to the gullibility of women. Don't be afraid to say, women, you are more gullible than men. And many women who think they have the gift of discernment do not at all. And they keep going to conferences about identity and worth and value and all this kind of stuff. That's why there's only a recommendation of a few, maybe a handful of good female authors and podcasters out there because there's just not many. The women's conferences that go on are absolutely horrendous. There's a huge machine of women's ministry throughout uh, big evangelicalism. And by and large, it's shallow and vapid and, to be quite frank, a waste of time. So they're easily manipulated. And also, the book of Proverbs warns about this thing called nagging. Nagging is a feminine sin. And many women deal with this, thinking that they're going to motivate motivate the man in their life, their husband, through nagging. And the idea is that if my husband will get annoyed enough, or he will finally hear me, and then the husband's over here just wanting to go and walk and get his ladder and get on the top of the roof just to avoid the nagging. And so they've got to be warned about these feminine sins or gossip, the feminine sin of gossip. First Timothy chapter 5 makes this clear that their younger women have this tendency to be busybodies and if they lose their husbands, they go around gossiping. So the feminine sin of gossip has to be spoke to. Or how about wine? It's interesting in Titus chapter 2, the older women are to teach the younger women not to be addicted to wine. When men struggle with alcohol abuse, typically it's not with wine. It's with hard drink, it's with Jack, it's with a lot of beer, but it's rarely with wine. When women struggle with alcoholism, it's typically with wine. They're not going to get a fifth of Jack. They're tipping back that $100 bottle of wine. And so these feminine sins have to be spoken to. But how many people, even as you're hearing this, have never heard sermons on feminine sins? And I think we have to ask the question, why? Why is it that women have not heard about feminine sins? And yet, When I mention masculine sins of cowardice or dominance, you're like, yeah, I've heard that a thousand times. I've heard that a million times. Or the lust of the flesh. Or talking about the propensity for men to struggle with pornography or whatever it may be. Or sloth. We hear about masculine sins all the time, but we are absolutely terrified of feminine sins. And pastors, that is a disservice to the women in your church. By not speaking directly to feminine sins, we miss opportunities to bring feminine applications of the gospel into their life. To say Jesus came to not be a nag. Jesus didn't come to gossip. Jesus was not gullible. He was not easily manipulated. He was not addicted to wine. There there are ways in which we can bring the gospel to the lives of women that they've never even heard, never even understood, and they can be set free from, but we won't go there because we're scared of those three women in our church. Secondly, I think women have not been told what God has called them to. So as men have been given prohibitions and commissions, so have women. Women have been given prohibitions over their life and they've been given commissions. And this is crucial. 
Many women have not been told by their pastors that your call is to the home. Titus chapter 2. It is a gift to men, women, and children when God speaks directly to them. You know, at times, God speaks to all of mankind, men, women, boys, and girls. And when he's doing that, his words are directed to all of mankind. And then at times, he speaks to old men. And when he's speaking to old men, he's not not speaking to younger men. When he's speaking to younger men, he's not speaking to older men. When he addresses men, he's not speaking to women. And then, here's a newsflash, when he's speaking to women, he's not speaking to men. And so, when God speaks to women in Titus chapter 2 and tells them that they should be home-oriented, we need to be able to tell the women in our church that you are commissioned to the home. Okay, yeah, all the caveats, not exclusively. What if the husband's in a wheelchair? What if, okay, all of those things. Okay, ladies, you're called to the home, period, without exception. You're called to love your husbands and children. And you may think, well, what's my mission in life? I don't feel any purpose. And there's a lot of young mothers in your church and even older mothers as your kids get older and grow out of the house who feel a sense of purposelessness. Okay, where's my mission outside of the home? We have to tell them of the importance of the home. This is where warfare with the world happens at home, inside the doors of your house, inside the property that you dwell on. God is building up an army through the efforts of the women in the church, through the efforts of mamas. And pastors are commissioned to tell them these kind of things. And then three, teach the younger women. Older women are to teach the younger women. The Bible has so many commissions to women. And at any given point, the women in your church are either older or younger than other women in the church. And so there's somebody younger than them that they can teach. And so we've got to commission them in that way because God does. And then the third big idea here is that we are terrified of the prohibitions to women. And across the board, even complementarians are absolutely shaking in their boots because, again, back to these two feminists that sit in the back corner, because of the women in the church, we are terrified. And men, this is cowardice. It's absolute cowardice, and it is absolutely robbing God's daughters. There are prohibitions that we need to speak to. Women can't lead in marriage. That's sinful and it's wrong, and they need to be told that. They need to be discipled in that that the husband is the head of the household. They need to be told that they are prohibited from their primary focus being outside of the home. We've already mentioned that or touched on that. Don't be scared of this stuff. This is, we don't need to be ashamed of God's word. Ladies need to be told that their giftings must be bridled in such a way that if they are gifted to speak publicly, they are not to do that with the people of God. They can do that with other women, but they are not to teach or preach in the local church. And they need to be told they can't be an elder. That's not a role from them. They need to be told that the scriptures prohibit certain kinds of speech from them. And this is a good thing. God the Father prohibited and called Jesus to be silent as he was led to the slaughter. And if we don't make connections like that and show the dignity of being told to be quiet, and we just think that's somehow demeaning or stripping away at the personhood of the woman, then we have to apply that same sort of principle when God the Father told God the Son, Son, silent. We sing about this, silent as he stood accused, beaten, mocked, and scorned. And Jesus obediently said, yes, Father, I will be silent. I will not speak. Even though I can, I will not. Ladies need to be told that their speech needs to be prohibited with the people of God. These prohibitions are good for women. And so, pastors, I want to challenge you, challenge you. We're learning to be human as the people of God. And the image of God matters. As you've heard me talk about now many times, we are not asexual beings. And so if, we're, if 
If we're going to be faithful ministers of the word, that means we're going to have to preach to women and disciple women in such a way that they understand what they're called to, they understand the sins that they need to be aware of, they understand what they're commissioned to, and they know what they have been prohibited from doing. Both men and women have been gifted by God to do certain things. And those gifts have to be submitted to the Lord and exercised in the way that God has commissioned us to exercise those gifts. And many women have been told, especially over the last five years, even in complementarian circles, have been told that your gifts are the most important thing about you. And you've got to exercise those gifts if you're going to come fully alive. Friends, that is a lie. We need to tell women what they're called to. So straighten up that back, have a backbone, and speak in love to the women of your church. Let's pastor women well. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.